Uh, where's the Eagles supporters? <laughs> um, just sorry, sorry about, sorry about last night. <laughs> um, my message today is entitled The Adventure of Victory, and that's, I'm not going to talk about the Dockers, okay? I'm not going to talk about Dockers. The Adventure of Victory. I'm going to share um, some of my personal story. I'm going to look at some tools of <clears throat> how we can walk through hard situations from a perspective of victory, okay? So um, I'm journeying, m many of you know this, many of you won't. I'm going to be quite real today. I'm going through a breast cancer journey and I'm going to be using that testimony as part of this message, all right? Awesome. That is why there's this beautiful, strong-looking bird sitting on that winter branch. It's defying winter. Okay. Mum says there's a tissue box. There is. I might just get, <laughs> get prepared. Okay, I'm going to start in a very strange place. Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. There's this pyramid um, that he put together which talks about our needs in life. And the bottom layer is our very, like, high need. We, we need that to survive. It's food, water, air. It's the stuff that is survival-based things. So track with me here, okay? It's going to make more sense as we go through. When those uh, needs are settled and in place, you can move up the pyramid more. We get into love and belonging in the middle, which is our community um, spaces. And as we move up beyond there, then our esteem, our self-actualization can explore, can play. We can enter into uh, more fun. It's, it's really hard to play when you're trying to survive. Okay? So um, looking at those base levels being met and then the release into the higher levels. All right, and this is where adventure and victory come in, okay? When we've got those base levels held within our own lives, held by the Lord, we're released into play and joy in the higher levels. We're going to look at this more. I do want to read to you a quote by Corrie Tim Boone. If you don't know who she is, um, her family harbored Jews in the war in um, Holland they hid them. You may have heard of the movie The Hiding Place or the book The Hiding Place. Uh, they hid Jews in their home and then uh, they were found out about it and they did end up going to concentration camps. Um, she did survive, but she shares this beautiful story um, about her father from when she was a child. She had this question that she didn't know the answer to and she didn't know that it was a big question that she couldn't handle the answer to. She was just curious and she was traveling with him one day on a train and she asked him this question and this is how she writes about his response. He turned to look at me, he always did when answering a question, but to my surprise he said nothing. At last he stood up, lifted his traveling case off the floor and he set it on the floor. Will you carry it off the train, Corey? He said. I stood up and I tugged at it. It was crammed with the watches and spare parts he had purchased that morning. It's too heavy, I said. 
Yes, he said. And it would be a pretty poor father who would ask his little girl to carry such a load. It's the same way, Corey, with knowledge. Some knowledge is too heavy for children. When you are older and stronger, you can bear it. For now you must trust me to carry it for you. So I'm wanting to tie some of these threads together as we head into this story of uh, walking in victory through hard times. Um, If we go back to that pyramid, when we are children, our parents are supposed to provide all of the needs at the bottom levels. Some of us didn't grow up in homes that did that, but the idea is that we we do. We, we're provided for. The parents provide the food, the water, air is available, you have stability, and it's not the child who has to carry the weight of that heavy responsibility. And that releases children to play. Okay? So with the quote from Cory Tambun's father, it's like he's saying, there are things in life you don't have to carry the understanding of, you don't have to carry the heavy responsibility for, you don't have to carry the I need to survive this feelings. That's for me to carry. You get to sit next to me on the train, you get to look out at the view, you get to be released into creativity and play and adventure. So, how to live in the adventure of victory. The heart of God is adventure and redemption. If you look at the Bible, you see that story written there. There's um, God creates the world, it's good, and then bad things happen. And there's this call to adventure to rescue the world, to redeem the world. And there's this journey that happens throughout the Bible. It climaxes in the story of Christ on the cross, he's the hero in the story. There's um, treasure that comes out of that and restoration that comes out of that. It's the biblical narrative holds the genre of adventure. And you can see it in smaller pieces. You can see it in the story of Noah. You can see it in the story of Abraham. He calls Abraham to move to a different nation. You can see it in Joseph. There's this hero's journey or this story that happens. I think it's C.S. Lewis or G.K. Chesterton. One of them say that the whole, um, the fact that we have fairy tales and adventure stories is in itself evidence of God and the goodness of God because it's a shadow or it's a mirror of the story of life. So adventure is natural. It's the natural way to live, is to live in adventure and to be the hero of the story or the heroine of the story. It's not natural to be a victim. In God's, God writes our story. It's not, that's not what our role is. Our role is not the victim in the story. Our role is the victor. We are the hero, we're the heroine, and there's an adventure that plays out around us. So um, for me, a few things have happened this year. In uh, February, I had a fracture in my back, and that revealed that there's a fibroid in my womb, which I had never heard of fibroids before, but it's basically a tumour that's not cancerous. Um, In my womb, the size of a soccer ball, that's enormous. 
So they can remove that, which is awesome. But the way they remove that is they remove your whole womb. <laughs> That's not awesome. Um, I went back to my doctor in May to ask if she can um, hurry that journey up because there was an 18-month waiting list. And while I was there, I said to her, oh, by the way, can you check? I've got this lump in my breast. Can you check that? So she did, and she was concerned. So she sent me for an ultrasound. And the ultrasound said, oh, this is not a cyst. This needs more checking. Get a mammogram, get a biopsy. That all happened in, like, the last week of May. And then that came back with a diagnosis for breast cancer. So in June, I was at Fiona Stanley, and they said to me, we need to do a full mastectomy on you. We need to remove your right breast. And beginning of July, I was in there for surgery. It was just like happening like this. Um, I'm sharing this because I want to show you God's story inside of it. So sorry if you're burden-bearing right now. I am doing really well. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I didn't realize, but with surgery, you also get a drain that hangs out of you for a few days. You have to carry it around in a bag. So I went back to my parents' place for a week for my first week of recovery, carrying a little bag around <laughs> with a drain hanging out of me. There's so many weird things that go on when you are looking after your body in these ways. Um, and then returned home. And now, looking forward, there's uh, end of this month, start chemotherapy. And beginning of next year, radiation. And then after that, hysterectomy to remove the womb that began the story in the first place. So a year and a half of strange happenings, okay? But I want to talk to you through the adventure and the victory. How do you go through something that's hard? A lot of us, um, pain, pain is relative. You can't say, oh, my journey is nothing compared to yours, or your journey is nothing compared to mine. Pain is relative. Each of us feels the pain that we encounter in our own life, and it's very real, and it's very big. And so how do we go through what we have to face um, as the hero in the story, because that's the heart of God. So first of all, I'd encourage you to know the genre, okay? It's an adventure. I cannot personally watch drama movies or true life movies because I don't know how it's going to end, and that is too much for my heart. But if you put an action adventure on, good. I'll watch that. I know that there will be hard times. I know that there will be like, oh, no, what's going to happen? But good's going to defeat evil. It's a safe genre for me. Okay, so know the genre. The Lord is the author, so know the author. Um, and he has written us into a story. We carry story, okay? The words that go out of his mouth never return void. It's never unto nothing, there's the law of sowing and reaping. Whatever he speaks has to have fruit. Has to. Has to have fruit. This is who he is. Okay? He is good. He is righteous. He is just. 
and he is loving. And if we go through things that don't feel like that, that's okay, but it doesn't mean that he's not those things, okay? Whenever we go through things that are not good, he is still good and he is still righteous, just and loving. We can trust him, okay? So I want to encourage you to trust the author of your life. Trust is not based on me or on my situation. It's based on who he is and he's never changing, okay? So I can go through good times, I can go through bad times, he is still trustworthy. The the genre is adventure, I am the heroine, there is a story, he is the author, and he is trustworthy. So if we look back at that um, hierarchy of needs, the, the pyramid, he is the author, so for me, the way that I make sense of that, he's the one that carries the big, heavy responsibilities of my life because he's the author. He knows how the story will end. He's the one in charge of writing it. That's not my responsibility. I am part of the story. I can relax in it just like Corrie Ten Boom. She didn't have to carry the heavy weight of those bags. Her dad was right beside her. He was carrying that. It released her into the adventure of um, the story. Okay? Also, please note, in the middle there is community. Community play a huge role. We're often tempted to shut down and not share our hard times. And sometimes we have experience with unsafe communities, and it's understandable. But the Lord has created us for community, and he has created community to be help for us. So I'm going to touch on that shortly. How to live in the adventure of victory. Let go of being in charge of the outcome. So we know that in adventure stories, good always wins in the end. And the hero always comes through, okay? But when you're going through stuff in your life, you need to let go of that, of your understanding of what that looks like. Um... Because if you've got an understanding of what that looks like, that sits in front of you as, and you clasp hold of it and you can have fear begin to drive your life because you're so afraid of something different happening than what you believe the outcome is. Um, when I went for that very first ultrasound, um, the technician said to me, um, I misunderstood what he was saying. Okay, so he said to me, oh, that's, that's 10 centimetres. And what he was meaning was the location of the lump. I thought he was meaning the lump is 10 centimetres big, okay? That's pretty big. <laughs> um, so I left that meeting and I came up the top here and I, I met uh, with my best friend. I saw Amy there as well. But... I had to let go of being in charge of the outcome because for me, 10 centimetres centimetres is quite massive and I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that I have cancer all through my body. I don't know. This is the start of the journey. What did it mean? And I had to look that in the face. So denial doesn't want to look at 
things, okay? And sometimes we go on these faith journeys where we partner with denial. And we are like, Lord says this, the Lord says that. And we close our eyes up to reality. Uh, I don't think that that's how faith works, to be honest with you. I think faith carries all of reality and is stronger, okay? So I had to look at what what is ahead of me here? I, I don't know. And I thought, if I die this year, then what is that? You know, what is that? Okay, well, who's go, who am I going to give my dog to? Who am I going to give my house to? Like, I started thinking through these things as possible realities that I may need to face. Um, but I also thought, if that is the outcome, what will the story be between now and then? Because there's got to be one. There has to be fruit. Um, so we've got to let go of being in charge of the outcome. The outcome has to be that I survive, for example. If that is the outcome, then I'm only judging God based on that outcome. He's only good if I survive. No, God's good anyway. Um, and he has a story anyway. So the cool thing is that it's not 10 centimetres, okay? It was two centimetres. Um, and it was also completely located within my breast area. So it's all been removed. It's not travelled into my body. Um, but I had to let go of that of needing that outcome. And we have to let go of that also because if we are locked into that, then we start to lock into fear and we start to manipulate and negotiate with God instead of just just let go, just be free. Follow him without strings attached. Um, I'm thinking of when Jesus, when he called his disciples, um, he said to Levi, Levi was busy doing his um, tax collecting work. He says to Levi, follow me. He didn't give Levi an indemnity form and say, can you just make sure you're okay with all of these um, things here? These are the things that will happen if you follow me. These are things that won't happen. Um, just check it through, tick what you're happy with, and then follow me. No, he just said, follow me, and Levi had no idea what was ahead. No idea what was ahead um, because he trusted in Jesus and because he let go of needing to control what was ahead. And I think that's part of the joy of adventure. When you're reading an adventure or you're watching an adventure story, for some of you, you need to read the back chapter so that you know how it finishes. But the excitement is actually in not knowing, but knowing it will end up okay. So the story of following is where your relationship with the Lord develops and grows. It's where the, the joy comes. It's where the, um, you start to grow in your character because you're doing something together and you don't know where he's taking you. It's pretty cool. It releases us into being the child. Nigel, if you can flip forward a couple of slides, please. It releases us into being the child. When we are the child, we can play, we can be creative, we can seek the treasure in the story because um, he's carrying the heavy responsibilities. Are we good so far? Okay. Let go of needing to control the outcome. All right, our next point, community. 
So these are some of the things that I felt the Lord give me as tools in my journey. And community is one of them. We saw it on the pyramid as well. But um, this is what it looks like for me. Um, I felt that the enemy came against me in a public assault. Um, so today I'm not wearing a breast pad, so I'm flat here. I'm doing that as part of my testimony today. Um, it's a public uh, shift of your shape. You can't hide it unless you tuck a pad in and da-da-da-da-da. It's... Um, it felt public for me. My mother's also gone through breast cancer. That felt generational, felt public. And so I felt the Lord rise up in me like a spirit of might and will be like, cool, we're going after this publicly as well. So I let my community know. I had I asked a number of people if they will go onto a prayer team for me. So I've got about 23 or 24 people on an intercession group for me. Um, which I thank you, you guys that are, that are involved in that. Um, your community encourages you. We need encouragement. The Lord created us to bond with one another, okay? Um, I understand wanting to pull back, and sometimes the Lord asks us to do that as well. But for me, it was I'm standing on the front lines. So community encourages and encouragement, a part of encouragement is to give courage. They have given me courage. When we stand here and we pray together, um, when I'm going through different appointments, I will take someone with me normally from my community. Will you come with me to this appointment? Will you come with me to that appointment? And I'm sitting there next to my friend hearing the news. It's just this level of courage that you can feel the flow. Um, I felt it when I went in for surgery and Sherelle came with me and it took quite a long time during that day before I finally went through to the waiting bay and that whole day we, we laughed, we played, we talked, we sat beside each other in silence but it was just beautiful and as soon as I went into the holding bay which I wasn't allowed to have anyone with me, I felt the, the difference straight away. I could feel, oh I need my courage, I can feel that that's dipped. So community gives us a lot. And I want to encourage you to take the brave steps and engage, invite community into your story. Um, they support you. They help you. I've had people walking my dog, people making me meals, people vacuuming my floor when I wasn't allowed to use my arm. It's um, phenomenal what friends do. And in our community, we really go after that. And it's been beautiful to be a part of receiving in that space as well. Humour, we need to laugh, guys, um, and companionship. So community for me is a tool. I'm giving that tool to you. Keep it in your toolbox, pull it out when it's relevant. Prayer and worship. So um, we, this goes without saying, obviously, but... Um, it's sometimes hard to pray and worship when you're going through hard times. So I want to encourage you that we do that because of who he is. He is good. He's worthy. The songs we sang this morning are so linked into this testimony. It's unbelievable. Uh, thank you, Mark, wherever you are. Um, but we're going after... It's God's story at the end of the day. I 
he gave me my life for free. He chose to create me. I am his. And this is his story, and he will get the glory from it. And then I go back to him at the end of my time. Okay, so prayer and worship is saying, yes, you are the reason I'm alive. I'm, I'm not the reason I'm alive. Um, I'm going after breakthrough with him. It keeps fear from seeding in your life when your eyes are turned away from you and your problem and you're turning it onto Jesus and you're just saying who God is and how strong he is. Um, and it keeps our hearts soft towards God because it's really easy to go into confusion and anger and understand that. Um, and it's okay to feel that and express that. But then what? We want to keep the connection open with God and prayer and worship keeps our hearts soft so that we can continue to do the journey with him. Okay, I'm going after inheritance as well. Um, I don't have my own children and for many years of my life this was quite painful um, and also felt a lot of shame about it. It's like, it's like all my generations and then I just stop the generational blessing and flow and it's just on the full stop and all of that wonderful anointing just stops with me and that's how I saw it and that was a place of shame for me. But in this journey, the Lord has opened up my understanding of inheritance. So this is part of the treasure we find in the hard times. Um, adventure always has treasure to find, and this is part of it. Um, I thought about a when you turn on like a, f a fire hose. Is that what they're called? Fire hose? Yep. You turn on, there's a lot of water that's gushing out. If that's focused straight down a tunnel, all that water will go way down that tunnel. If there's not a tunnel there and there's a wall there, that water hits that wall. It still needs to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere. So it goes sideways, it bounces back, the hose <laughs> probably gets pushed back a bit. But the force of that water has to go somewhere. And that's what genera generational blessing is like. So... If it comes down to me and I don't have children to pass it on to, I've said to the Lord, okay, my mother had breast cancer. I've got breast cancer. I'm going after this. We're going to find healing in our family. And it's going to impact my family sideways. And it's going to impact my family back upwards through the generations. Because there has to be fruit and there has to be um, breakthrough. It has to go somewhere. So I've gone after that um, with a lot of in, um, intention that I will go after this publicly, but the the fruit of this breakthrough will be in my wider family. And we've, we're seeing some stories that are coming through where we're just going after the, break, the breaking of... Um, so I also had some prophetic words that gave insight that there is a generational uh, assignment and, uh, from the enemy against my family line. So through prayer ministry and stuff, I've been going after that. But I'm also doing it on behalf of my sisters, my cousins, my aunties, my nephews. Um, so that's part of the equipping and the, the fight in the adventure. And it's, it's fun, okay? I actually felt more joy this year than I have for a long, long time. I feel more alive than I have for a long time. I feel so purposeful. Um, and, and that's 
stunning that the Lord can take a story like this and you just feel like celebrating, okay? Um, my femininity, so you'd think that if an assault has come against your womb and against your breasts and stuff, then you would feel something within your femininity. Well, I've actually felt closer to my femininity. I've felt the expansion of my femininity inside of me. I've felt the beauty of it um, more present for me. And I've enjoyed that. So what the enemy will try and take away, the Lord is like, no, sorry about that. Not going to happen. In fact, let's strengthen it. And it's not just for me, because it's also for sideways and, and upwards. Um, so that's fun. I'm also writing a blog about this journey because I want sideways and upwards. I want this region to feel breakthrough. I want people in the nations to have breakthrough from uh, whatever it is that the Lord draws out of my story for them. Um, I'm a warrior woman. Can you tell? Yes. I feel like I feel like David. So Goliath comes and says all this stuff, and David's like, oh my gosh, the audacious arrogance of this giant coming against God. Um, public humiliation backfired, and that's what's happening here. There's prophecies that I've had in my life about joy that I've not seen fulfilled until during this process. I'm like, yes, this is, I'm feeling joy now. I've had prophecies to write, and I'm, I'm doing that in the blog. Um, I had a friend of mine prophesy over me a month before any of this happened, saying, I see you stepping into a new land. It's like a winter wonderland. I see you. It's beautiful. And she described it, how beautiful it was, and the treasure in the snow, and da-da-da. And the whole time I was thinking, you just called it winter. Winter's not a cool word. But she wasn't tracking with that. She was tracking with how stunning and how beautiful it looked. So when this story started to unravel, I was like, okay, here's the winter wonderland. It's winter, but it is a wonderland. I'm going to tread in the footsteps of Jesus and find the treasure that's in there for me. Uh, look for patterns. Uh, patterns are fun. So there's been life and death patterns that I've found about a month before all of this. My super contacted my financial advisor and said, oh, we've received a notice of death for this person, so we, can you just find out what's happening there? <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that was a month before all of this. So when all of this started happening, I was like, okay, that was a demonic assignment that came through out of time. They showed their hand, like in poker. It's like, that's really silly of the devil to do that. You don't show your hand when you're playing cards. Okay, but I felt like the devil showed his hand. Nigel prophesied over me. He said, this is not unto death. At the start of this year, I turned 42. If you've read um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you'll know that 42 is the meaning of life. <laughs> okay? And I've been prophesying that over myself since I turned 42. I'm like, yeah, this is the meaning of life year. This year is all about life. Um, and then... Uh, my flatmate, when I was um, sharing some of my diagnosis with her, she, she went and she had a sleep and she dreamt of that same conversation happening in her dream, except for there was a song playing in the background, a song that she had never heard before. So she went and looked it up when she woke up 
And the words to that song that were going over and over was, you keep on giving me life. You keep on giving me life. So just lots of patterns like that. I collect them and I, I chew on them and I enjoy them and I fight with them and it makes the journey fun. Arrows, bows, I won't go into that too much, but there's been a lot of bows and arrows sort of stories coming through this, including the arrows they drew on me to say this is the side that we're doing the surgery. But all of it felt like, okay, there's a storyline here. Um, it's, it's beautiful. Laughter, um, Psalm 2 talks about how the Lord laughs in the heavens when the enemy makes a plan against him. He's like, wow, <laughs> that's just, that's hilarious. That's not going to work. And I wake up every morning to kookaburras laughing outside my home, and it just tells me every morning, every morning, the Lord is laughing at the failed attempt of the enemy over my life and over my family line and over my generations and over this region and over the nations. Um, and then I walked through my home and I saw my cricket bat. I love cricket. And guess what brand the cricket bat is? Kookaburra. It's just this beautiful themes that just keep repeating. So collect those patterns. It's fun. Uh, be curious. You're not released into curiosity unless the Lord is holding those deep, the deep, heavy responsibilities. So release your life to him. Let him carry that. And then you can be curious about things. Um, there's been themes of elephants coming up, including in the waiting room of um, Fiona Stanley. There's a big elephant mural. So I've done some fun journey along that, looking things up there. Um, finding out from all the doctors and like, what's happening? What's this for? What's the medical information? I find it fun. I like to learn a lot. So um, it's given me, my curiosity has been, I've, I've, I have a lot of joy, okay? A lot of joy. And then body, soul, and spirit dynamics. So when I went in for surgery, the thing that was bothering me the most, I realized, was that I would be under, um, I'd be completely knocked out and my soul would not, I would not be able to wake myself up until the doctor wakes me up. Basically, that's what it came down to. And that was scary for me. I've never been under general anesthetic before. I've never been out of control of waking myself up at some stage. And the Lord, um, Teresa, sent me something by Arthur Burke on um, your spirit in surgery. And he talks about how your soul gets put to sleep, but your spirit doesn't. And you can ask your spirit to come forward, and you can ask your spirit to hold authority in that room. And if there's anything that starts to go wrong, your spirit can address it in the doctors and nurses. And he shared some testimonies of how that has happened for other people, which is really encouraging. So I've been learning stuff there and putting that in place, and that's been fun. Uh, next point is grieve. It's okay to grieve. Grieve does not mean that you don't have faith. Okay. Um, strong faith carries the heart. It doesn't deny it. So in the week leading up to my surgery, I spent time grieving that I was going to lo lose my breast. And I would, I blessed it. I thanked God for giving it to me. I cradled it. I, I um, I also chose that I'm not going to lose it. I chose I'm going to give it back to God, which is 
a difference up here and it helped me as well. But to look at pain and to go forward into pain and to be there with the Lord is healthy and, he, and it's, it's not scary. Well, it might be scary, but it's good to experience that. Um, faith sits underneath that and holds that together. There's a song um, by Trip Lee called Sweet Victory. He says, I feel thorns where my crown was. And it's okay to face that and to feel that and to say that. And even this morning we sang that song where we give up our crowns around the throne of the Lord. And it's, it's fine. It's good. I feel thorns where my crown was. I be weak, but I'm alive. From the dusk until dawn, I will survive because I've got sweet victory. Nobody can take it from me. Sweet victory. Because he knows and I know who's writing the story. And there is a lot of fruit that will come out of the story, a lot of victory that will come out of the story. And I'm not the victim in this story. I'm the heroine. And I may feel thorns where my crown was, but it's okay. My life doesn't end on earth. There's a whole eternity ahead of me as well. And the Lord um, restores I will not lack coming out of the story. My body may have lost parts of itself, but I will not lack. I will be um, actually carry more than I ever have before. And I can feel it already. I can feel might in me. I can feel fire in me. I can feel the warrior inside of me. I can feel joy. Um, it's great. We've got two more. Uh, peace. So be led by peace. Don't be led by fear, panic, or demand. Um, I read another lady's testimony of her recovery from cancer, and it's beautiful. Um, but she went and talked about the, um, the eating plan that she's on. And it's fine. So this is something the Lord called her to, and I respect that. But when I was reading it, I could feel panic inside of me, as if if I don't follow this, bad things might happen to me. And I was able to say, okay, pause. <laughs> okay, pause. I'm not... I, what, this is great that this is her story, but it's not God's story for me because I'm not feeling peace here. I'm, I'm feeling demand. So I need to release that and let it go. And just follow where you feel pieces, because as soon as we start getting into the ruts of fear, it's not, it's not fun, okay? Um, and lastly, play. So play, I think, is something that the enemy does not understand. When he brings an assault against us and we just decide to play, that doesn't make sense. Um... I think it's one of the most powerful forms of warfare because basically what you're saying is I'm not worried about you. 
I am released from worry enough to go and play and hang out with my friends and have fun. So I've gone after play and I've gone after it purposefully. I play in my home. Um, Before my surgery, two days before my surgery, I planned what I called a breast of all festival. (laughs) Where I invited a bunch of ladies around to my home and uh, set up a laser gun war zone in my backyard and to watch these 50 and 60 year old women running around the backyard in the dark with laser guns, um, having fun as women and joining together as women, sitting around the fire pit, eating food that was breast themed food like donuts with jam dots on it. Um, (laughs) It was just, it was fun, okay? I'm like, no, I'm I'm not gonna enter into fear, I'm gonna enter into fun. And um, play is a powerful weapon, and I encourage you to explore it, even in everyday life. We're so serious, guys, come on. Like, find people to play with, loosen up. Um, I feel like it's warfare. It's very, very powerful warfare. Brad, would you like to? Amy, sure. Um, So, all that to say, I am doing really well. I am in the adventure of a lifetime. I actually feel like the Lord has wired me for this adventure. Like there's, there's breakthrough that he has got for other people um, that has come out of me going through the trenches with them. And um, I feel so privileged. I don't receive cancer. I don't, I'm not saying I'm glad I have cancer. I'm not. Um, what I receive, though, is trials and tribulations because the Lord, the Lord is made mighty through those things, and I want to see him glorified. I want to see him dismantle the structures and the scaffolding of fear around people's lives and, um, and torment and, and find ways through where, where we can walk in victory, we can run in victory, even when the story doesn't look victorious. Um, be, but it is victorious because he's writing it. And um, he sees the overall picture. So I want to bless you with that. This is my sister, Amy. This is my dad. <laughs> um, I want to bless you with that. And I'll hand over to you. Can we give her a hand? Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Jess. Uh, My name is Amy, one of the team here. Um, I love it when we've got another opportunity to remember that um, suffering is part of our Christian life. It doesn't have to be held separate as if it's shame and failure. Um, I love, I'm very passionate about the topic of suffering being in the church because so many of us live at the side of eternity. It's normal, but we can feel like if we're feeling the impact of suffering, that something's wrong with our faith. But we can have both going at the same time. We can feel faith and grief and we can hold them at the same time. We can feel the pinch of delay and the lack of breakthrough and faith and hope, and we can hold them at the same time. 
we can be involved in a community and helping in our church and our children are not living for the Lord and we can hold them at the same time. We can be sick in our body, but be on the team up here and praying for people to be well in their body and we can hold it at the same time. We can be praying for people's breakthrough in their marriage while our partner walked away or has never come in the first place. And we can hold both at the same time. And it really is important that we can bust religion out the door and we can talk here about suffering. We can talk about need. It's okay to have need. We were designed by God needy. That's how we entered the world. And it was glorious and he called it good. And as a community, we can talk about pain, suffering, failure. We don't want to be a nice church and we don't want to play church by being nice and making sure our behaviour is nice. Being nice is not in any time of the Bible um, a command from Jesus. There's no command in the Bible that says be nice. (laughs) Okay, we want the fruit of the Spirit in our life, but we don't need to be just nice and play church and be fine. Fine is also unbiblical. (laughs) Read the book of Lamentations where sorrow and grief and the gnashing of teeth um, come up a lot. We want it to be that in a community um, that follows Jesus, He was called the man of sorrows. Okay, He was called the man of sorrows. And it says He wasn't anything beautiful to look at. And He just was in suffering a lot. And so He's taught us the way that we can walk in suffering too. In that Maslow's hierarchy of support, um, so one of the things I'd love to just pray through is really giving over to the Lord that He is the keeper of our lives, um, that we don't enter into fear and that our basic needs, some people suffering in this room is on that bottom bar where there isn't enough money, there just isn't enough food, there just isn't basics that are being covered right now. But I would also like to say that the middle bar of community get to help in the bottom bar as well. It's the Lord's design to provide, but He also uses His bride to do that. Hence the crew, hence the Lilia Haven and the women coming who can't concentrate on anything else because the basics at the bottom and feeling safe aren't there. And we actually get to be part of providing the the bottom part of the pyramid for each other. So it's not a shameful thing. Please don't feel shame to be able to go, I actually don't have enough and I'm struggling and I don't feel safe and things aren't okay. And to say it because we get to step in and help each other as part of the Lord's answer to that bottom bar. And when it comes to that middle bar of community, it's okay to say, I'm struggling, um, or my marriage is struggling, or I'm struggling in my singleness, or I'm, I'm barren and I'm still not pregnant, or I can't go to that thing because of I'm in grief. Um, my children are, are struggling. Um, I'm sick. We can say that. I've had to learn in my suffering that we're not accepting reality for our future, but we sometimes just need to accept it's our current. We can still say this is happening, but I'm not accepting it for my future. It's not that we're denying faith to just go, this is happening. So bring community in. My mom actually still is on a cancer road. She's got a chat group of support. I'm now going to this appointment. I'm now like bring people into your story. 
Um, we've got in this community called what a mental health star of support. We don't speak about it heaps up here more recently. We have in the past. If someone's on a mental health journey in this community or they're just not coping, we want to hear about that. Um, Donna, Smith and Jane now run that in our community. But that's where if you're not coping, we get a team around you. We get that middle bar around you. We check your living is safe. We go over that bottom bar of the pyramid and we get a plan going and we get you connected to professionals. And it's not a shameful thing to be struggling in your mental health or to be not coping. Just tell us. We want to enter into your pain because it works when we trust the plan and we come all the way through together. So we can do these things together. All right. And let's be able to, while we do it together, get into that top triangle. Let's become that church who are in play, in joy, in adventure and in victory because we've come together like this. We've grouped together. We've helped each other practically and we can remind each other of the goodness of God. We need to be in each other's ear. If we're not praying for each other with these standalone, you know, the scripture says with a hand, with an eye, with an ear, with a knee. But if you're this hand and you're chopped off and you're over there because no one knows where you're at and you're focused on being an island to protect yourself, the hand will wither and die. And we need you. Let's just reattach. Let's invite people into our stories. Let's up the amount we pray for each other. Even in the foyer after, share where you're at. Pray, enter into prayer. Pray in the parking lot. If you're praying for someone, text it to them. We need the community. We need the support. Can I pray? Yeah. All right. So, Father, I just thank you that there's more victory for this house. There's more healing testimonies to come. There's more healing testimonies of miracles in every single tier. Lord, people entering into joy for the first time. People having healing miracles, Father. People having complete healing in their bodies. And even as I'm praying this, Lord, I ask for that anointing and that to settle right now over this house. If you're in a position where you're struggling in your body, can you just stand? if you would like prayer. You don't have to stand or put your hand up. Stay seating, but put your hand up. If you're not in a position where you're struggling in your body, just do the community thing. Get courageous and scoot over to someone who's struggling with their physical journey. Just look around. If you're not the one, everyone look around. Let's be that middle bar. Come on, we've got to get over ourselves. <laughs> Let's get over ourselves. People in suffering aren't going to get through if we're struggling about what people will think. Love costs. Let's be brave. Let's lay hands on each other. We're going to see victory. We're going to see victory. We're going after it again. Let's all pray together. Pray in English or pray in tongues. Lord, we just thank you for the anointing of healing in this house. The enemy cannot bust through a community who believes in Jesus. We stand as a community around people here and go, you are not going to drown in this. You are not going to go down in flames like this. Your life can change. Your life will change. Let's first pray for hope for that person. Father, we just ask for a resurrection of hope. I ask for a deposit of hopes fresh from heaven that would come by a gift from you. We wouldn't even have to dig deeper for it in our exhaustion. We just ask for the free gift of hope and faith to just settle into this room right now in the name of Jesus. You've designed us for victory. 
and you've already paid the price for it, Father. I thank you that by your stripes we are healed. So we just enter into the anointing of what you did on the cross. We just appropriate the blood right now in the name of Jesus. We appropriate that blood right now in the name of Jesus. And we're asking for a breakthrough, Father. We're asking for a breakthrough for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're asking for a miraculous shift right now in the name of Jesus. By your blood, Lord, I thank you that you've already paid the biggest price for this. And so we appropriate that power. Come on, church. We just appropriate that power. We appropriate the power of the cross. It's already been done. We pull it down from heaven in the name of Jesus, that every life here would just come into alignment with the kingdom of heaven in the name of Jesus. We just prophesy life over to our brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. We prophesy a fresh life over you, fresh life over your mind, body, spirit, will and emotions, fresh strength, fresh life. We ask for a reinvigoration of this body in the name of Jesus, that every cell come into kingdom alignment in the name of Jesus, that every muscle come into kingdom alignment in the name of Jesus, every bone, every sinew in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We ask for life, we ask for traction in the name of Jesus. I just feel the Lord wants to pray for those on a mental health journey and those who are not coping, whose grief is too much. We're going to see the healing of the brain even in this community. We're going to see faster healings in the name of Jesus. Children's ministry will be finishing up right now. But I just, if anyone wants to come and pray for the healing of even their brain, of their heart, of trauma, of um, we're going to pray over people on a mental health journey who are struggling with depression, diagnosed or undiagnosed. If you're not coping, just come. And I just ask for any member on core team, any prayer minister, would you just come right now up to the front? We're fighting for you. We're going to be the community today. Just come on up. If you're struggling, if you need victory in your marriage, if you're in long seasons of delay and waiting and there's no breakthrough, we're going to stand with you. We're just going to ask that the Lord would blow the hinges of the doors of waiting. So we're just going to stand in the gap for you today. If there's anything that you need us to stand in the gap for today, let's just push through together like a scrum. A community is like a scrum. You don't have to do this alone. Let people into your story. Say what hurts, church. Name your pain. A healed heart is a heart that has a voice. We need to name it to tame it. Pain that's buried alive stays alive. Let's be a scrum of community today. If you have the boldness to pray, just come join us. The more in the scrum, the better. Come and flank these wonderful, strong women of, and men of, of the Lord. <laughs>